Thanks for listening. This is Momentum, the entrepreneurship podcast for photographers. I'm your host, Nate Grahek, portrait photographer and entrepreneur. Join me each week as I interview the most successful and inspiring photographers in our industry. We bring you innovative and proven business strategies you can use to shift the momentum in your own photography business, giving you the freedom to do more of what you love in business and in life. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode. I've got a really awesome guest today. Her name is Jen Swedeen. She's a boudoir photographer and Jill of all trades does so many different things. I cannot wait to dig in. This episode is going to be so packed with practical tips you can use. She's the founder of a new site called uh, Jen Gets Shit Done. <laughs> As many of you know, I, I've i got that poster on my wall. It's kind of a mantra for me as creatives. I think it's so easy for us all to get distracted on all of the shiny objects, the gear, the gadgets, the tinkering. Um, and we just love to start things. Sometimes getting them done is not quite as easy. And Jen has some amazing insight into how she does this in her own business and is now sharing it with other photographers. Jen, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. You bet. So um, Jen is also part of the Do More, Wear Less uh, Boudoir Group, which the the felons are just amazing, amazing people. So if you're in the boudoir space, I think you've got to check out what we should give them a shout out on, on, on that group as being such an authentic, I think, group community it's a of support. Wonderful community. Yeah. Um, Tell me what, what you what you get out of that community and where you how you discovered the felons. Um, you know, I don't actually remember. Um, I, I think it was early days. Like they were on the scene, really making a splash in the boudoir community and just crushing it as photographers. Yes, and they've recently slowed down and and just made such a when they they've been wanting to do education for such a long time, and I'm just so impressed with how they how they're doing it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing group. Um, I'm they have camp coming up in a couple months. I'm actually speaking at camp. I'm teaching on um, intimate portraiture for men, and I'm also I have a workshop there on this sort of stuff, workflow and productivity and getting shit done. Um, so Brianna has been so welcoming to me and supportive of what I offer and what I do. And um, when she reached out to me about camp, it was just. I was so honored. Um, yeah, I'm it's glad. so cool. What, 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 what I think what really blew me away is just this this whole idea. You said it um, at the beginning in our pre call of just rising all boats. Like it helps us all, and I think that's what's impressed me the most about their community is how generous they are to to share the stage and to tap into the wisdom in our community in, that, in a way that we can all help each other. Um, get better. Uh, just really, really cool to see it happen. So that's how I discovered your work. And instantly I read, I think within seconds of being on your website, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've got to have Jen on, on a podcast. Oh, so, um, today guys, we're going to talk, I, I'm going to have Jen talk us through, um, the benefits of choosing a really hyper niche, even within boudoir, um, how she made that choice and some of the benefits and results of having made that choice. 
Um, and then we're going to dig into some of her magic sauce, so to speak, and how she really is getting things done um, as a creative. Um, she's got a strategy she calls using cheesecake bites, which I cannot wait for you to hear how she's di- really ditched the to-do list, the, the whether it's online or paper or whatever it is. And the most provocative one I can't wait to dig into is how she's taken email off of her phone. <laughs> I, I think it's something I'm intrigued. I think it's something I need to do. It stresses me it's out too much. One. It's a scary one. Yeah. Um, so s- make sure you stick through for all of these awesome tips. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, Jen, you're multi-talented. You've been doing photography and a bunch of other creative work for a long time. Um, let's, let's start with uh, how you got into photography and then into boudoir. Okay. So photography, I know a lot of people say it's like their passion and they've been doing it since they were little. That wasn't the case for me. Honestly, I just needed something to do. I finished college and, um, I had a couple of kids and I was, I, I was bored and I needed something to, to do. So I picked up a camera and I was really terrible at it. Of course, like everyone is when they start. Um, but my drive to get better, I eventually got decent at it. Um, and then like, also like everyone, I shot everything. I did weddings and seniors and babies and all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then slowly I started realizing like, you know what? I actually hate shooting babies. I'm not going to do that anymore. I actually hate other people's kids and I'm not going <laughs> to. I love it. I, I know totally. I'm stepping over money to not take these shoots, but I can't do mm-hmm. it anymore. And really what happened is one day I was looking outside and I had a session coming up that evening with the family. And this was like the third time in probably a week that I was like, Oh, I really, really hope it rains today and we mm-hmm. can keep people. Yep. I know that feeling. I really hope I don't have to do this. And then I look, wait, I own my own damn business. What am I doing? Why, mm-hmm. why should I be hoping that my clients don't get to use my services? Like I, I need to knock this off and completely take a new look at, at what I'm doing. And luckily by that point, someone had reached out to me and said, do you shoot boudoir? And of course I was like, yeah, totally. Even though I, obviously I never had, um, but I shot it. I really loved the, the whole experience of it. Um, so once I liked that and realized I hated everything else, I dropped all the other stuff and, and went exclusively boudoir, which was challenging because it was in just a little town. Um, but I made it work and I, I did pretty well at that. And then I had the opportunity one day to shoot a couple of male clients. And then from there, I was like, well, that's clearly what I need to be doing because I I just do better with guys. And I, I like the, it, it was really challenging. Shooting boudoir for men is, is really challenging. Um, so I liked that it was a whole new learning curve. I interact well with men. I, it, it's easier for me to relate to men than to w- with women. Um, and even though they have their own insecurities, they don't have the same emotional needs as a, a boudoir, a female boudoir client. Mm-hmm. It was really good for me because I was taking everyone's stuff, all their baggage home with me and carrying it around with me for months. And, you know, it's not really healthy. Right on. Oh, such good awareness. I want to unpack some of this stuff. So there's a, 
a book um, by Marcus Buckingham called Go to Your Strengths. And there's this phrase, he says, like, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that it's your strength, right? It, it means it, you're, you're going to get a lot more people asking you to do it, but it doesn't mean that it's something that fills you up, right? And he's got this worksheet in the book where you just go through your day, you go through your week, making a list of when are you... When are you at your most when, when, like there, what, when are you doing work that drains you, whether for me, it's like sitting in, in front of a spreadsheet. And when are you doing work where you feel like like the clock just flies by and it and, and you feel recharged by it? Um, can you relate to that experience in, in making that decision? OK, no, I'm going to stop doing this other type of work and I'm going to focus on, on on boudoir. Absolutely. I think in all aspects of my life, I am pretty self-aware of those things. And I, I think it, part of that comes with having the ADD um, is that if I don't want to do something, I just won't do it. I can't do it. I yeah. just physically cannot make my body do the garbage that I do not want to do. Um, so I, and the, the more I learn about my brain now that I'm diagnosed and I understand these things, the more I can sense that like, you know, that like back archy major, like Ugh, sort of thing. Like if my toes curl because I have to do something, then I probably shouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's I, so cool. I need to change directions or I need to outsource or something. So, yep. and I think a lot of people struggle in that regard because you are stepping over money. Like I could make a lot more money shooting families, I'm sure, but God, you just like, it would have to be a lot of money to make me it just kills my insides. So being willing to step over the money that you don't want opens up all the opportunities to take in what you do and what you're actually going to put your best effort into. Where it doesn't feel like a grind. And like you said, like we're, that's, we're a bit our own business owners. That's the, like, if you're skipping over that huge benefit, all of a sudden you're like, you're still working for a jerk boss, even though, you're you're your own boss. You're still yeah. dreading the work you've got to get done, right? Um, so, what would what kind of advice? Looking back, give me an idea of the timeline and how long it took to make this decision. Is there any advice you would give your past self? Um, did it? Did it? Uh, sometimes we, we're all on our own path and making these realizations. Like, I don't really have a lot of regrets. I know that. Sometimes it might take me a little longer than it should to make a decision to learn a lesson. Sometimes it got to happen. It's got to happen a few times before I finally wake up to it. Um, but in doing like taking all of the different clients from every niche, how long did it take you to finally make the switch? Um, it took me probably three years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I didn't really know that boudoir was a thing. Mm-hmm. And then once I did, and I, I felt the difference in joy levels, it, it was a pretty easy switch for me. So my advice to myself or to anyone else would be to just be brave, like listen to yourself and then be brave. Like what's the worst that could happen? You decide to make a switch to a different genre or a niche. What's, what's the worst that happens? It doesn't work out. You go back to shooting the other stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we all need to be more brave you know, across the board, just jump in, take a risk, see what happens. Totally. Yeah. They're not going to take away your birthday. You you try to shoot boudoir and it doesn't work. You're still alive. You're still 
You have options. They're not going to take away your birthday. Oh, I love that. You've got all these great one-liners. I, 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 that's one of the mantras I have is like, what's whenever I f- find myself getting avoiding something, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And really going into like, if you just keep asking that why, like why, 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 and keep, you peel the onion, like, I'm afraid that I'm not going to make any money. Okay, then what's going to happen? I'm going to have to go get a different job. And then what's going to happen? And then everybody's going to think I'm an idiot and I'm going to feel like a fail. And like, you just keep go, go, go. And it takes all of the, that energy out of it when you just dump it all out. Okay, got it. That's what I'm afraid of. Okay, now I'm going to go take a risk because I really couldn't, there really is no such thing as failing. Right. Is it more embarrassing to try something and fail at it or more embarrassing to never try? Like perfect. If your fear is that you're going to look bad, like which one looks worse, which one Mm -hmm. affects you more? Right on. Um, Okay. So before we move on to the, the, the productivity stuff, there's one more thing. Um, Let's talk about the decision to that. I know you've got really good talent in web design and as a graphic artist, your branding is really spot on. Um, what what happened when you you're going through this transition and deciding to focus on this niche? What um, what were some of the effects did, and the, the work you did on your website and in your branding? And then what happened as a result? Um, you mean for when I moved to niche in my photography yeah yeah sorry in in male boudoir yeah um so that one that one was a a tricky transition for me when i decided i was like actually done with boudoir and i was going to focus on men first of all everyone told me it's never going to work that you you know i maybe i need to do something silly like that you know, those joke doodwars that go around, like, and maybe I need to shoot dads with their kids. And maybe I need to do all these other things because just men is never going to be a thing. Um, so that was probably my biggest fight was telling people like, I, I don't like, thank you for your opinion and your concern, but kindly just kick rocks because I can't listen to you right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so then after that, it, it took me a while to land on some branding that made sense to me because I'm not a man. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think marketing to the opposite gender, especially in a market that doesn't really exist um, because boudoir for men isn't really an established thing. There's no footprints to follow in. Right. It was kind of a, a learning curve of like, well, let's try this and see if this works. Can I was just like throwing spaghetti at the wall a little bit to see what's stuck. Um, but it just having faith in myself that like this can work. And if it doesn't, I don't really care because I'm having fun doing it. So whether the money is there or not, it's going to be successful because I'm enjoying it and people like my work. So, you know, that's, what totally. I, I think, I think there's this fear of like that we're, if we make our potential market small, that we're like throwing away money. Like, no, I'll first it's the, when it starts, I think there's like a graph of our confidence as becoming photographers. And then with, with, as we get more confident, um, that our addressable market or the people we want to market to gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And we, because of this weird inverse relationship, we think that we're making it easier on ourselves by brushing with broad strokes. But when you just talk 
with blah, neutral words, nobody hears you. So when somebody asks you today, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Um, I say I'm a male boudoir specialist and a professional retoucher. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure that gets raises eyebrows. People are like, oh, wait, wait, what? A male boudoir? What does that mean? Yes. Yep. What, 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 give me some more color there. I want to know how, what, what, is, am, I, am, I, am I accurate? Is it, do, you, do you get a lot of follow-ups or people just yeah, let it slide? I, I am a little selective on, on who you share with. Clear I am with, yeah. If I'm speaking to other professionals that aren't going to be like, oh, you shoot porn, you know, then I'm, I tell them straight up. If it's like my insurance agent, I just say I'm a photographer. <laughs> right. I don't want to be like, yeah, I shoot naked guys. Cause then it'll be like, I, don't know what to say to that. Um, but so really I tell people what I do and when they don't understand, I say, well, I, you know, it's like boudoir. I shoot that, but for men. So, um, you know, men in their underwear, in the bedroom, that sort of thing. So and let me, then- let me ask this another way. So I, I get, this is it's so interesting because this, this is, I think a, a filter that, you know, you're going um, specific enough. So, Let's let's pretend you're at a networking event or some kind of event where you there's a good chance that you're that either the people you're talking to, you're answering this question to are your potential clients or they know your potential client, right? Your your target market. How would you answer that question then? Um, I would just say I I shoot naked men. <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally. <laughs> Uh, and if there's more questions to that, I would just say, you know, we all have insecurities. It helps with everyone's confidence. It's a really fun thing. So with people that are on some sort of self-love journey or they've been working hard in the gym or they just want to see how the rest of us see them, that's what I do. Awesome. So cool. Okay. So thank you for p- pushing through that. I think that what I like to hear there for our listeners is how different that is. When, when you really don't care what, what, it, what, like when you're talking to somebody like your insurance agent who you're, you, you know, a referral is not coming from there. That's when it's okay to be vague. But I think that the good analogy there to notice is like, you are purposely being like, don't ask me more questions. You're not, you're not a potential like source of business. Therefore I'm going to be vague, right. but Okay, so now notice how if we actually are trying to get referrals and grow our, our name and get it network or something like that, why on earth would we, we be vague the way so many of us have been early? It's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm a photographer. And then you get the questions like, oh, yeah, my cousin's a photographer. Cool. What do you, exactly. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, like, no, actually, I do something pretty special and pretty unique. Right. Um, and it, so it creates that opportunity. So then after making this fi- this connection, um, you've got your brand, you figured out what's resonating with this target market. What's it like now um, in, in the flow? Are you getting enough business? Are you getting the, the referrals you need? Um, yeah, I was doing really great. I, I lived in Denver for a few years and I was, were, I was doing well there. The, mm-hmm. um, I didn't really have to market. It was mostly word of mouth, yep. um, but I stayed pretty busy. And then Denver is so expensive that we jumped ship and moved. And so we're in Charlotte now. And the process of starting intimate portraiture for men when you're not in an established area is kind of tricky. 
Um, And I just, I'm so busy with the other businesses and like circling back to that, oh, what I don't want to do stuff. I don't want to start over. I don't want to do the studio thing. I don't want to market. I don't, I don't want to kill myself doing all that stuff just to like, you know, start the process. Right on. Totally. It, and I think it speaks to, it does take time, right? In order to build that network, it's, it takes hustle. There's no shortcuts there. Yeah, um, so even more hustle when you're so super defined because right. there's not a market. No, yep. there aren't people really out there regularly searching boudoir for men. Totally. So I first have to make that market and then market to the market. Mm-hmm. And um, so awesome. I don't want to do that. So I'm doing something else. The definition of a trailblazer. I love it. <clears throat> okay. So now let's get to the, some, thank you for sharing that journey. I, I, I love hearing that, that just the benefits of, of niche of, of the courage it takes to go there. And, and, and just, I think I like painting the picture for our listeners of that, when when you finally do decide, it things get easier. And it, while they might not be easy immediately, it's not the first thing you're going to enjoy what you do more. You enjoy your work more, and you're doing less work um, in having your generic marketing or trying to have all of these different specialties everywhere. You get to focus on just one thing and have that consistent thread throughout. Um, okay, so now let's go into getting things done. Okay. Um, you say to ditch the, the to-do list. How come? Oh, because it's, it's garbage. It's just there to mess with you. Some people do well with a to-do list. Um, you know, there are visual thinkers and there are linear thinkers, but for most of us photographers with our creative brain, we're not linear thinkers. So if you see a to-do list that spans an entire sheet, you're going to look at it and not be able to see the start to finish. Mm-hmm. You don't know how long those tasks are going to take. Um, it's overwhelming because you get the analysis paralysis where you're just like, there's so much to do that I just can't do anything. Yep. So you just stare at it and then you might start the task because you know, you know, the broad strokes of it, but then you don't finish it because it's big. It's a big task. Um, even if it's a little task, if it's something tiny, you're still like you get partway through and then you just peter out and crossing it off. Doesn't really satisfy you. I I need that like physical completion. So I would find myself writing something I'd already done on my to-do list just so I could cross it off. Mm-hmm. And when I did that one day, I was like, what the hell are you even doing? Do the stuff on the list. Don't write stuff you've already done. This is so pointless. <laughs> Oh, but I think you t- hearing you talk through that, I can relate. I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a high, highly creative brain, easily distracted, um, always looking at other things. And it's hard. I love I get this energy from starting new things and it's hard to always finish them. Um, so what if not a to do list? What have you figured out that works instead? Um, so I call it a cheesecake system. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of variations on this on the web. Um, But for me, I take a task and then I break it down into little, I call it cheesecake because you can't just sit and like chomp down a whole cheesecake in one bite. You have to take little bites. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll take a single task and I'll break it into little chunks. Each little chunk takes 10 or 15 minutes. 
So I know that each section of it is really manageable. So I don't have to block off a day because if I see a, a task, something like in file this month's receipts, I don't know how long it's going to take. So I'm not going to do it because what if it takes seven hours? Right. You know, and obviously it's not, it's probably a 15 minute task. But in my mind, when I see just the task name, I'm not going to do it. It's going to totally freak me out. I'm going to put it off forever. Um, and then that to-do list will turn into the next one. And eventually they're eight miles long and you're not ever going to do any of the stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I so love that analogy of a cheesecake. When I, I never forget when we had an, our engagement party uh, a long time ago, but my, I love cheesecake. My, my stepmom made cheesecake for us. And she, instead of serving it, um, the way we've had in the past with just like cutting it up like a pie. Um, she cut it up into tiny squares and I can't tell you how fast that cheesecake disappeared. <laughs> when, yeah, it's when, hard to get a whole slice even because right. But then when it's like a, when it's a tiny bite, all of a sudden at the end of the day, we all ate more, I think <laughs> because like, Oh, I can have one more. I can do one more because it's this little tiny oh. thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I approach my task the same way. So okay, so instead of it being on uh, like a, a, a to do list, you what what are, what are some of the things you use to make it more visual? So I use um, st- I use mini sticky notes, and I put them in a row, and I'll use a different color for different types of tasks. So um, client stuff might be orange, and uh, workflow business stuff might be blue or, you know, whatever. So that even kind of breaks it down farther for me. But so each task has its own little row of stickies Uh and I break, I break it down into the steps of the task, whatever it's going to be. So give me an example of a task on your to-do list. So like redoing, let's just go back to like redoing the website or something like that. Right. I think that's a one everybody's got like, Oh, I wanted to redo my website sometime. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Say you on your website, you need to just update your website and change your gallery, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no one does that because it sucks mm-hmm. and it's, it's a big task. And even though it really only takes about half an hour, you're we all put it off forever because it's the worst. So if we break that down into 10 or 15 minute bites that you can do at any point, um, as long as you kind of follow the order. So it would be um, like go through your images and pull out anything that's got a model release. Next one would be go through released images and pick your favorites. Mm-hmm. Next one would be watermark or resize or whatever you do for your gallery. The next one and would each be each one of these would be, and I want to clarify this image. I did quick Google what you meant by mini sticky note. So it's not even a full size, like three inch sticky note. It's one of the tiny, no, it's, like a, it's a little two by two sticky note. Oh, the so two by two squares. Oh, cool. Each okay. one, I would write the step of the yep. task. Yep. So, you know, like um, choose favorite released images. Mm-hmm. And I know everything I put on those, the sticky note can only hold 10 or 15 minutes worth of work. Yep. So I can't put anything on there that's going to really make me have to sit down and commit because I've got ADD and I'm never going to commit to something. Yeah. And that's such a good filter. Like if uh, even a four by four or even the standard post-it can hold too much work. And I, I tell people as, as, as like business owners, we do everything, right? We are the CEO. We are the front line. We are the doers, the 
the schedule, like everything, right? And what as now that I am a CEO, I I, I learn that you can in in a five minute brainstorming ideation session. We all have that talent, right? That's one of the huge benefits of being cr- creative is we will think of the best, coolest ideas way quicker and more efficient than anybody else will. But you can create a checklist or a list of things to do that will take months in a matter of it. Like you could in a, in a one hour brainstorming session, I could fill up my own and my entire team's to do list and bandwidth for a whole entire month, right? And when you force yourself to capture it on this tiny little piece of paper, that's when you know that you've broken it down into a small enough chunk, right? Yeah, and it it becomes manageable at Mm -hmm. that point. Oh, I love it. So, So I'll break the whole thing down. So next would be go through your gallery online and take out the old stuff. Mm -hmm. The next one would be upload the new stuff and rearrange them. And then the last one would be, you know, whatever else is on your website. But so if if just updating your gallery is what it is, we just broke that into five or six little bites. Uh You don't have to do them all at once. You just go along. So if I have, you know, I did an hour of retouching and now I need to do something else. I can look visually see the first line of every subtask is what I can do. And then I can pick and choose. Yep. Do I want to go through my images really quick? Do I want to do the next? Do I want to clean up my emails? You know, what, whatever square is up there. What I know you, it's only going to take minutes. Can, can, I you grab finish, it. can you finish making the, like a, get, paint the picture? What, it, what are you sticking these onto? The wall. Okay. Got it. And is it, and so you just make, you make you, so then when you're in a normal part of the week, you've got a, f- a few rows of these mini post-its right on the wall. Yeah. And then how, is there anything you use to, to group like the project or is it yeah, just the row that signifies the project? Yeah. Uh, each row is a task basically. Got it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, and then the color kind of breaks it down into the, the different sections of my life. Yep. Oh, so awesome. I Website, love it. Orange, uh, client work, blue, you know, whatever. That's yep. stuff. Oh, that's so cool. And then when you finish a task, you take it off and you crumple it and you get that physical connection with being productive and it regenerates you to do the next one. Yep. Because you've, you get a sense of completion. Oh, God, the crumpling of a to, a to do is so rewarding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you crumple that, that sticky and you put them all in a bin. Mm-hmm. Like you can really visually see how much you got done in a day or a week. It reminds me of this thing we all stress ourselves out with, um, this feeling of overwhelm. I think the pace of life, the pace of being a business owner, all of these things, like it just accelerates how much we're trying to do. And one sure way to just overwhelm ourselves with like this feeling of I'm falling behind everywhere is to to look, to compare where you're at now versus where your goals are, especially when our goals are like, a lot of times when we don't take the time to write them down and make them realistic, we always have these like subconscious, huge, big picture things that are so that we never, we never get there, right? We never actually arrive to these unrealistic dreams, it's but, right? And, and so 
before I get too broad, the concept is when we compare ourselves, even if it is a, a big goal that let's say it's, it's realistic, but when you compare, okay, here's where I am today. Here's how far I got. And here's the, the, the end result. <clears throat> and we didn't get there. That can be really draining. We've got to make sure we're also looking backwards and going, okay, here's when I set these goals, look at how much I've gotten done. And when you've got a, a basket full of crumpled to do's, it's harder to forget that and be like, you know what? I am, yes, it feels like I'm still buried. Yes, it feels like there's always more to do. That's life. That's It's good that we have more challenges, more projects to work on, but we feel um, empowered and rejuvenated when we can look back at how far we've come. Absolutely. So, so cool. All right. Um, then finally, uh, email off of your phone. How did you hear about this? What, what did it, what did it take for you to finally do it? And what, <laughs> I just get nervous thinking about it. <laughs> this one really stresses everyone out, but yeah. okay. So I, everyone's got that part of their life that they just really hate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's emails. I hate emails. Uh, I would literally rather run all of my business over Facebook messenger than have to deal with emails. Um, I, I won't respond to them. I won't organize my inbox. I won't um, open them half the time. Mm-hmm. And this was in all of my businesses. There's no reason to, for it. Um, it Maybe like a an insecurity thing of if I respond to this, they might actually hire me. And then what if I don't do a good job? I, I don't, I don't know where it stems from, but I hate emails. So what I was doing is I would have it on my phone. The email thing would pop up. I'd pick it up and look at it. First of all, I, it's rude. Like you don't need to be reading your emails when you're with people or whatever. Um, so I, I try to be pretty phone down while I'm with people, but you know, you get a, a business email and you're like, Oh, it's so important. I have to read it right now. Um, so I would read it and then I would go, oh, this is too much to respond from my phone. And then I would never respond later because I had read it and then it was, I forgot. And I was doing this chronically, like responding in my head or just completely ignoring it. Like, oh, it's scary. I don't want to do that. And then, so I would never respond. So one day I was just like, you know what? If I can't read it on my phone, I can't open it and not respond. So I removed it from there completely, which was really, really hard and scary. Um, And all of a sudden, all of my email anxiety went away. I wasn't reading them, you know, in the middle of the night. I wasn't reading them while I'm at dinner and obviously can't respond anyways. Um, And I wasn't getting that constant like email anxiety of like, oh, this is going to be important. Oh, this is going to be important because really... How many actually important emails do we get that need to be responded to? We, we, I think we right. fool ourselves into this idea of because something's now, because so, I just got it, it like spools up your brain and you think we over exaggerate its importance. I've heard of people with the craziness in the news today of just like just delaying your consumption of news by like two days, two, three days, all of a sudden... When something has happened, so I think that our brains are just not wired right to to handle so much stuff that happens right now. It's 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 just instantly overwhelming, and when we hack it to say, okay, I'm I'm not opening the email, I'm not opening our our news like right as it's happening, 
it's all it, it gets less power over us and it, it doesn't short if you can we can more accurately prioritize something's importance right absolutely so cool um okay so you took and i i also i think it's so fun listening to you talk <laughs> about how you discovered this stuff and just accepting that it's a part of how our brains work as creatives um all the time just last night i was having a conversation with my wife and i was like I told you that, right? And she's like, no, no, Nate, that was just in your head. <laughs> like I'll have a whole conversation replying to something or where it just stays in our heads. I respond to everyone in my head. And then like a day later, they're like, did you get my message? And I was like, I, sorry. Yep, totally. So by delaying it, by only looking at it, it reminds me of um, Stephen Covey's classic, like seven habits where, or maybe, no, it's not. Um, it's the inbox zero Anyway, I forget, I forget which guy it is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's this idea of touching something once, right? Back in a, in the world when we when everything was paper, um, they, they, there was this advice that you should only be touching paper once. Like as you get your mail, you should look at it and instantly, like if it requires a response, just quickly respond. Or uh, we, we, we make this mistake of how many times are we opening an email and looking at it or scrolling past an email before we actually take time to do it. So carving out the time uh, to when, okay, this is when I'm going to do email today. And as I open them, that is when I'm going to reply to them. Right. And not only reply to it, deal with it. Yeah. Get it off your, Mm -hmm. file it away. What, whatever is your system with dealing with emails and stuff, like just deal with it. And it's easy to say my inbox currently is just like a complete gross mess because I let it lapse and now it's too much to, it's like a, a whole ordeal to sort through. But yep. if I, I think people should check their email three times a day when you start the day, when you end the day and sometime in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the response that a lot of people tell me is like, my clients expect a quick response. And that's part of my service is that I respond right away and, and they like that. And if that's your thing, that is totally fine. As long as it's not giving you stress, as long as it's not like upsetting your flow or giving you email anxiety or things like that. My clients, whether they might prefer a fast response or not, they, they don't get it. That's, those aren't the people that I need to work with. And anyone that's going to be demanding of a quick response, you know, those people that are like, well, I emailed you, I emailed you twice already. And you're like, well, it was at one in the morning. What do you, what do you want from me? I am a human. Like those aren't my people. And if, if someone's going to have a problem with me checking and responding to email two or three times a day, then they can move along. And I'm fine. Totally. I think, and I just, I love hearing that, like that growth in there, the maturity, you know what, there's enough out there. And I know my target client, I know what kind of business I need to run to be happy. Um, And that, that, that's a huge, I think a huge takeaway. Um, it also, let's see, there's one more thing you reminded me of there. Um, oh, is what I've been teaching people with our new product, sticky email is setting up autoresponders where, especially when I think the most urgency comes from new inquiries, right? Where you're like, Oh my God, if I don't respond to this, like right now, they're going to, they're going to go email somebody else and I'm going to lose the business. Um, that, 
I, and then you're getting the notifications on your phone. You can't really reply that great, even if you do get it on your phone, right? Um, where what I've been coaching people through is having um, an auto reply sequence that gives your best education, your best information, uh, access to your investment guide. Um, the coolest thing I've been teaching is making a video, like record a video of yourself uh, using some of the different video recording tools so that you have that in your autoresponder so that wherever you are during the day, whether it's on a shoot to having dinner with your family, whatever it is, you know that when when you do get a new inquiry, they're getting an awesome first impression that's automated and you don't feel that, that urgency, that terror that you got to run and go respond right away. Right. Okay. This was awesome. You put together um, a simple guide. Um, uh, so you got a free checklist, five tips for speeding up your productivity. Um, we're going to link to that on your website. Um, you've also have a mentorship opportunity. So you guys want to learn more from Jen, check that out. We'll include the links um, in the show notes and on the blog post. Jen, thank you so much for making time on your day to share this awesome story and these, these really good tips with, with our group. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It was a blast. I, I feel like we could go on forever, but this was this was a really good place to start. Um, I'm already in, like shopping for the small two by two sticky notes. I'm a huge fan of sticky stuff. <laughs> and uh, I think this is going to really help me manage my to do's. I've got uh, there's there's some things I think that fit in software when it's for my team when I'm managing a team. But there's something that I just can't get over the the value of having something visual that I'm looking at every day and that tactile feedback we get um, from, from crumpling up a to-do. Um, so I'm sold. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, we'll see you next time.